Hello and welcome to the Commander Cody Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Gallat. Please join me every Monday for Star Wars news, theories, and a ton of fun. Let's jump into the news roundup. Story number one, time to go to a galaxy far, far away. According to Polygon.com, we have more details on Disney's Star Wars Galaxy Edge theme parks. Galaxy Edge is the biggest Disney theme park upgrade in years. The twin facilities will open up later this year at both Disneyland Park in Anaheim, California and the Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando, Florida. The first of the two Galaxy Edge parks will open in California this summer, according to the official Disney Park blog. And thanks to a comment from Disney CEO Bob Iger in January, we know that, that the first park could open as soon as June. Some of the most well-informed theme park fans have gone a step further, narrowing it down to a potential opening weekend around June 22nd to the 23rd, but Disney hasn't confirmed that. As far as Disney World's Galaxy Edge, all we know right now is it's slated to open in the fall in Florida. Coming in at 14 acres each, both versions of Galaxy Edge represents the largest ever single-themed addition to Disney parks. The biggest draw for diehard Star Wars fans will be a brand new ride called Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. The first proper trailer for the ride shows a simulated cockpit with room for six, including four captain chairs and two of the larger high pack chairs with aggressively curved headrests seen in the movies. The action appears outside the cockpit canopy, expected some kind of elaborate projection on to the screen where they look out like in, similar to what you see in the modern films. The experience is extremely interactive. Participants each get a role including pilot, gunner, and flight engineer as the ride progresses, the individual controls all around the cockpit dashboards light up. One of the most exciting parts of Smuggler Run might not be the actual ride itself, but it could be the line. First fans will be have a close-up encounter with an animatronic pirate named Hondo on Araka, made popular from Star Wars The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Inside the costume will be one of the most sophisticated robots that Disney Imagineers have ever assembled. The second attraction at Galaxy Edge is actually the centerpiece of the entire theme park, Star Wars Rise of the Resistance puts guests between the Resistance and the First Order in an experience that Disney calls one of the most epic attractions experiences we've ever built. The ride enlists attendees as a Resistant recruits. The journey begins when they board a transport shuttle similar to the one carrying General Leia Organa into the Battle of Tendoya in Star Wars The Force Awakens. As the ride progresses, the First Order captures guests and brings them aboard a Star Destroyer. At that point, they're treated to a space battle raging outside a large hangar bay, complete with at least one life-side TIE fighter in the foreground. From there, the ride itself is still a bit of a mystery. Travel Plus Leisure describes this as a four rides in one, with guests transitioning from resistance control and into the custody of the First Order. That will mean boarding multiple vehicles, encountering various enemies, and walking through the halls of a Star Destroyer as if they were truly a resistance fighter taken captive. At one point, a small tram will carry guests between two hulking AT-AT walkers in the style of the vehicles featured in the Battle of Hoth. The Los Angeles Times says that the experience will include special effects such as laser fire that results in some authentic-looking explosions. According to Disney Marketing, the hallmark of the Galaxy Edge will be interactivity. Expect the park to be littered with Disney staff and costume including First Order Stormtroopers on patrol and members of the Resistance holed up in a secluded wooded nearby. So my thoughts on that are, I'm very intrigued, I'm getting really excited for it. I'm just kind of imagining those lines, but I don't know if you've checked out, but they have a video, Disney has a video of uh, Hondo. In this robot, it looks real. Like, if I didn't know when I clicked on the link that it was a robot, I would assume that was like an actor in a costume. They're going all out on this park, and I think they should, and that's going to bring them tons of new guests, tons of Star Wars fans, so I'm super excited, and I can't wait. 
I don't think I'll be able to go the first year, but I'm going to try to go in December potentially of this year, and I'm going to do a video series of it, my experience at Disney World, if I am able to go this year. If not, definitely going to go next year. So I'm really excited and I can't wait. Story number two, a Star Wars trailer mashup. Actor Topher Grace, famous for his role as Eric Foreman on That 70s Show, has made a great fan edit trailer. So this is like a pretty cool, it's like a five-minute mashup of all ten films, excluding the animated Clone Wars movie that did release in theaters. It's great. It, it has great music cues, great moments. It's a really good fan edit and cut. So and he uses scenes from, deleted scenes from episode four. So I would highly recommend going checking out. It just gets me more pumped for episode nine and just the love of Star Wars that people have. Even if you don't like all the movies, there's at least one movie that you enjoy and love. If you're a true Star Wars fan, I, I highly recommend going to watch it. All right, that's it for the news. Time to move on to Star Wars and Review. In this section, I review toys, TV shows, comics, games, or anything else Star Wars related. This week, I got my hands on Star Wars Tales from Vader's Castle, issue number one. We start the issue meeting a new rebel crew. We have the commander Lynn Graff, a human female, her second in command, a thief turned rebel, Lieutenant HUD, a human male. XMG3 is a former bodyguard robot and the muscle of the crew. We also meet Skrit, a bug like alien technician afraid of everything and rounding out the group is another droid CR-8R. CR-8R has been with Lynn uh, since she was a young girl. The ship was damaged by a TIE fighter attack and they are forced to crash land on Mustafar. CR-8R says they shouldn't leave the ship and goes on to tell a story that he heard from Chopper. The issue jumps over to Chopper, Kanan, and Hera as they rescue a friend who crash landed on an asteroid belt. The person they save, is his name is Grayson, a bird-like alien. He claims his ship was haunted. The entity transfers over to Hera's ship and causes chaos. The entity seemed to be a very powerful, at one time was stripped of his physical form and lost in space for centuries due to the Jedi. He wants revenge upon the galaxy. He, Hera tricks him into transferring his consciousness into a Jedi holocron, and he is trapped. We jump back to the original crew who crash-landed, and we see them heading to a castle guarded by stormtroopers. My thoughts on this are the castle going towards is actually Vader's castle. He built this after the events of Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. So I'm really excited to get in the other issues. Hopefully we get more from that. I'm hoping one day we get an actual Vader movie where it's set after Revenge of the Sith. It's about him going to hunt down the Jedi. This is explored in the Vader comic, as well as Paul S. Kemp's Lords of the Sith novel, but I would love to see this in live-action form. We can have James Earl Jones reprise his role as Vader with a voice, or you can pretty much have almost any actor, as long as they have the right height and everything, to play, play him under the mask. I would even love having Hayden Christensen back, so maybe when he took off the mask and he's in his back-to-tank-type surgery pods... We kind of see his face and his eyes and how they're yellow and, you know, the hatred and the anguish and the pain that he's suffering. So I don't know if it'll ever happen, but I would love to see a Vader actual film or television series. All right, time for the main topic of the show, Star Wars Toys. Since the first ever Star Wars film hit movie theaters in 1977, there has been a lucrative sideline in merchandising spearheaded by toys, in particular action figures. George Lucas signed a deal with Kenner to produce the first ever Star Wars toys. Kenner was so unconvinced that the film would be successful 
that it was unprepared for the enormous toy demand in the Christmas period following the, the film's May 1977 release. As a result, Kenner took the infamous decision to sell kids a early bird certificate package, essentially an empty box containing an IOU. The delivery of these toys would not hit customers' hands until 1978. The first four figures Kenner produced were Luke, Skywalker, R2-D2, Princess Leia, and Chewbacca. Eight more characters would join them, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Darth Vader, Han Solo, C-3PO, Stormtrooper, Death Squad Commander, Jawa, and Sand People, with the first vehicles and playsets following a year later. Kenner went with the 3.75-inch figures, which were more smaller than the usual 11.5-inch figures. These were much cheaper to produce and an important factor during a time of oil crisis. By the mid-90s, Star Wars stories started making a comeback. This is where my collection starts. George Lucas was making a new trilogy, was followed by the re-release of the three original films in a special enhanced format in 1997. To capitalize on the new films, Kenner, now owned by Hasbro, decided to launch a new range of original Star Wars toys in 1996, still subscribing to the 3.75-inch size. As 1999 rolled around, Hasbro switched focus fully from the original trilogy to Episode One, with the new series of figures covering the new cast of characters. These figures included the Comtech chip stands that had been introduced the year before with the latest of the original efforts. These stands could be placed on a special reader device, which would then play sounds of the characters' dialogue from the movies. 1999 was also a big year, or should I say a brick year, as LEGO and Star Wars finally joined forces. The first LEGO Star Wars sets were based on the combination of Episode 1, 8 sets, and the original trilogy, 5 sets. The latter included the first ever Star Wars X-Wing. The range had since expanded to include dozens of self-assembly vehicles, minifigures, and playsets. In more recent years, interest in the action figures has dipped, and Hasbro has been forced to cut the sizes and quality of its Star Wars toy output. Or at least it did until the announcement of Star Wars The Force Awakens and its related spinoff ramped up things back up again. So a big part of my childhood was growing up playing with these toys. I was born in 1991 and I remember watching Star Wars on VHS tape when I was five years old. I loved these films since I was five. So when The Phantom Menace came out in 1999, I was all over it. I had a ton of toys and I still do to this day have a collection and I keep growing that collection and you know I'm a grown man playing with toys and most recently I went to an estate sale and was able to purchase several Star Wars miniatures from the miniature game I have over probably 200 figures and it just kind of reinvigorated my love for Star Wars like I loved playing with these I can't wait to use the cards and the toys and some of the things that I really enjoyed were just you know these obscure figures where Back then, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have phones. So we had to play with toys to keep our imagination, or at least I did. And I would have a character. I had no idea what its name was. I was just like, oh, this guy, he's that guy that, you know, got his hand cut off in, you know, episode four. And, you know, you, you kind of come up with these names in your head, like Walrus Face, or like, oh, the spy with the long nose, the you know, the pig guy. And, you know, now we know these names. You can go to Wikipedia. You can go to Wikipedia. You can go to Star Wars Databank, and you can get the in-depth history of all these characters. But back then, you kind of used your imagination, and it was almost a simpler time, innocent age, I, I, I you could say. You could build your imagination. You, can, you could have your own canon in your head of you can go on these adventures with Luke and Han and Chewie versus the evil empire and you know i loved it and i love the star wars toys and 
The Legos are something that it's really impressive, which I still need to get more into. I played with Legos as a kid, but I never really had the big sets. And now they have these huge sets where you can build a Death Star, or you could build this huge Millennium Falcon, a Star Destroyer. It's pretty crazy. And these are like thousand piece plus sets that are, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. They're a part of your childhood. And the thing that makes me happy is they're going to make Star Wars toys forever. I don't think Star Wars will ever truly die. And if so, you know, the people that grew up with it will always remember how good it was. And directors might change, toys, qualities might change, but you still have those memories. And when people say the new trilogy or the prequels ruined their childhood, I don't really buy that because it's not like they have a time machine that can go back in time and destroy your memories with you playing with those toys or enjoying those movies. So if you have a favorite era, if you only like the prequels or if you only like the originals or if you only like the sequel trilogy, just focus on the things that you enjoy. Don't focus on the negative things. And that's just kind of what I have to say. This is Commander Cody. If you have any questions, please comment below. You can find me on iTunes, Google Play, CastBox, Podbean, Patreon. I'm all over the place, so... If you enjoy Star Wars and want to celebrate it and be positive, please join our community. I'm really enjoying doing these podcasts. If you have any suggestions, please leave them below. Until next time, Commander Cody, signing off.